Hey, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we sit down with Rex Andrews, a former Reality Wrestling Texas champion and a two-time Reality Wrestling television champion, as well as an NWA Georgia television champion. Rex has just returned from his Wrestle 1 debut with Fight TV and the Rex Files. Make sure you guys check that out. Enjoy the interview as we sit down and once again talk to Rex Andrews. Yeti, you're Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader 1. I want to know why. Like, you can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the what. I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following WrestlingNewsSource.com. All the rest of you Yahoo's are out there dilly dilly you little wankers. We're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two! Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Hold through. Hey, JP, how you doing, man? All right. How, how was China? China? <laughs> I'll get around to it. I know you will. I know you will, man. Rex, you know how much fun, dude, you know how much fun this is for me? Because, dude, I believe we've been doing this forever, and... Dude, I'm so I didn't I missed you the first time because I had work, but I'm so excited to have you on here now. Oh man, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, glad to be back on with you guys. I appreciate you having me. JP, you ready? With the, I'm gonna start just popping out questions. If yeah. That's okay. Yeah, we're good. And then and then you can we'll go through the rest. I'm gonna ask a few. I'm just gonna go through this stuff. And um, JP and I have been doing this for about eight years. A little bit of a back history on us is that we were doing this before the podcast actually existed. It was wow, really. It was internet radio back then, but we worked. So we worked with PWA a lot. Um, with Kev, that's how we got you was through Kevin and Robbie Gilmore. So, man, that's gotta be great for you guys. You guys have like connections all over the country now. It's cool, yeah. So, here's a funny story. And this, so I'm watching Raw one night, and I was down in Houston, and I see Robbie doing a security spot, and next to him, I see a kid I knew was Biff Busick. Chris, whatever, now only looking. So I text Robbie. I said, the kid next to you on TV, if you don't know him, get to know him. And, you know, Robbie got back, cool, yeah, I know, he seems like a good dude. And I don't know, a year or so later, Biff came back up to Boston and was like, hey, I heard I owe you a thank, and a thank you for a random booking. So he that, that was how he got in with Booker. Yeah. So it's just paying attention and knowing... You know, seeing who's on and who's around people and stuff, and networking is such a huge part of the wrestling business. Absolutely, yeah, man. Just building that, uh, building that network up for sure. I think it's uh, something that people are starting to get better at with like, Twitter and things like that. But uh, it used to be everybody just wanted to protect their bookings, right? Yeah. Kind of stay in the bubble. Well, with you even, like at the end, you ended, and I, I gave you a lot of credit for this, you ended every single one of your vlogs with... All of your plugs, all of your your Twitter handles and the Instagram and all that, and that's so smart because you had such a such a broad audience on there for Fight TV. 
you know, if somebody, uh, did you get follows out of that? You, did you pay attention oh, to? Oh, yeah, I was tracking social media hard. I had some pretty stiff goals for myself. I wanted to keep, uh, you know, going into it because I figured, you know, best case scenario coming out of it, if I had a broader audience, then that's a win. Yeah. So, yeah, my, uh, my social media did really well. I was really happy with uh, how Instagram and Twitter did. So, uh, yeah, no, no complaints about that. Yeah, that's, see, up in New England, we got Bob Evans. I don't know if you're familiar with Bob at all. Yeah, and, Bob, man, he's putting out some of the best info for anybody. So his new thing now, if you pay attention to his Facebook, his new thing now is he'll help anyone out. But if you go to him and say, hey, I need help with the booking, you have to show him a list of promoters that you've emailed, texted, Facebooked on your own, and if you can show him that list, to, so you show him you're willing to do the work, then he'll get you a booking, or he'll help you get a booking. That's but, smart. Yeah, it's because it's uh, people get lazy with it. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, everybody wants it to, to fall into their lap, but it's just, it doesn't happen that way. No, that's, you know, you look at what you've, the traveling you've done, I'm, and I'm not even talking the international stuff. Josh is, the, I told you, Josh is from uh, Montana, and... They don't get shows up okay. there, but yet you've gone up there. Yeah. You know, that's you yeah, found your way up there. No, what was Japan like? Man, Japan was amazing. More than anything, just kind of being in that, their culture where they all have this, they just obsessed with wrestling. Like everybody involved, you know, that's just their, their day in, day out. Uh, you wake up and it's just, it's just wrestling all day. Uh, I was lucky enough to have some time to kind of explore the city while I was there. But yeah, just that, just that kind of a, you know, a lot of us are obsessed with wrestling anyway, but uh, to be over there and uh, to get paid, you know, pretty nice for it and get to get to uh, just kind of be ingrained in that culture of it was uh, was a good time. That's here's the thing, brother. This is here's the, here's the thing, brother. This is Josh. Is, is I spent seven months over in Japan, specifically in Okinawa, and I cannot yeah. I cannot put into words and I cannot describe to people the culture that is associated with Japanese people. Japanese culture and professional wrestling. It is something that you cannot put into words, I don't think. Unless you can, hopefully you can, but I can't. <laughs> no, it's um it is it is a strange kind of uh vibe, right? Like they, they just respect the athletes, period. But the way that they treat pro wrestlers, uh, you know, just from seeing how they treated us and how um how man just uh, receptive sponsors were to us was uh was something else, man. Now here's a question. How many of the boys, since you're back, how many of the boys have asked you for advice or to show you something you learned in Japan? Uh, you know, I had a, uh, as soon as I got back, I talked to Booker, and uh, I told him I, I wanted to teach a class uh, once a week at the Reality Wrestling Gym. So uh, Tuesday was my first class, and yeah, we had like a, I don't want to say a record turnout, but I mean, 20 or 30 students showed up. Awesome. It was a good group of guys, and uh yeah, everybody was real receptive to, uh, to you know, learning something new and uh, kind of seeing that perspective, you know, that I picked up over there. What caught me was, like, we only saw, you know, 10 minutes a day of what you were doing. You did the one. Right. You were doing the drill where it wasn't, you didn't do a springboard, obviously, off the ropes, but you were doing the drills and you, like, sort of did, like, a tightrope onto the top rope. And just that, that balance. And some of the guys, were, some of the guys that were from Japan weren't doing it, but you... It looked like you tried everything, and there was one day, there was the one drill you couldn't do, and you went back at the end until you got it right. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I was there to learn something. I was there to uh, to pick up new tricks, so if there's something I can't do, I'm like, all right, I need to figure this out. I'm not going to just stick to what I know. 
So yeah, the, that, uh, and what's cool about you know the Japan system is I don't know if you guys know they do the excursions yes, where uh, the you know once you graduate the dojo they send off they go to a different country and they train that style. So we had one guy there who had trained in the UK for six months. Oh. And we had one guy who had trained in Mexico in lucha libre. So they were taking that, bringing it back to the Russell one Japanese style, and then just kind of doing that. So like a lot of the springboard stuff was coming from that guy who had trained okay. in uh, in Mexico. So it's kind of like a world culture of uh of just you know yeah, all different styles of wrestling kind of coming together there. And it's not like you you know you weren't you, you were hanging around you know we saw you a lot in the kitchen trying to figure out what was in the food. But you were like, <laughs> but you were, you know, you were there brushing elbows with the CEO. So it's you got. I don't want to say you got an experience other people wouldn't have, but you took it all in in the way I don't think everybody would have. You know, and that's. Um, I think part of it is I owe that to doing the uh, the rec files on fight. Is that you know I knew my job. I'm like, okay, I have to do a daily video blog. I have to have some kind of content put out there, so I better figure out something interesting. And, uh, you know, Wrestle One being on board, obviously, with, like, uh, with, with doing the, the video blog, so they kind of gave me full access, and uh, everybody was cool. Like, Kaz Ayashi is the, uh, the president and the booker of Wrestle One, and, you know, he just kind of, whatever I needed to do, he was helping me get it done. Now, will you ever complain about a, uh, a stiff kick after hearing the K1 kicks? <laughs> oh, Jesus, man, yeah. <laughs> uh, those guys, are, those K1 guys are, are animals, man. Dude, that video that you put up where it was just your face and you were sitting there and you could hear, like, the, the literal skin on skin and bone on bone, that yeah. was insane. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I had my earphones in and I'm sitting there just doing bicep curls and I just hear these guys, ah, ah, just, like, laying in these nasty kicks with each other and I'm like, oh, that should work out a little harder, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I have an important question. and This relates to one of your tweets where you were, oh, no, I think it was one of the, part of the Q&A vlog you did and this is did you find good beer out there oh man yeah there was uh there's some pretty good beer gardens what what they don't know how to do is they don't know how to pour beer everywhere i went they uh you drank sapporo and orion yeah yeah it's uh they're all like uh you know the glass they give you is like half a head of beer oh jesus uh, yeah not the same not the same culture they love their highballs they love whiskey and uh Ginger ale. Well, Japanese. That's what they Japanese whiskey's getting kind of big here now, so I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't That's, mind it. Oh, I'm sure you did. That's the so what I got out of Texas in hanging around with you know the back then it was the PWA guys for the weekend I was down there is so up in Boston in the wrestling locker room you get two groups of guys you get the one group in the corner that's like they're not all straight edge, but they're straight edge reading their comics, and then you got the group on the other side, and they're drinking the beers. You guys are all the fun side. Everybody that was in Texas drank with us that weekend, and that, I don't know if it's like that all the time or if we, you know, because it was WrestleMania weekend or whatever. But <laughs> man, I, yeah, that, you guys, you guys had fun. Man, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a fun culture out here. Uh, as long as we keep it after the show. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> Those uh, those wild west guys who uh, are trying to get started a little early with the party, uh, I can't support that. That's no. Well, I mean, you gotta you, your life and your opponent's life is in your hand in the ring. So yeah, obviously you gotta keep it after. But it oh. is such a it is such a different different culture. Even 
even two years removed right now, just just two years removed, it is such a different culture because, as, as Rex just said, I mean, they're these guys are from Japan are traveling to the UK. They're yeah. traveling to Germany for maybe even WXW or, or whatever. But they're traveling in different places, learning all those files. And the people that are benefiting from this are the fans and from us. But the, the specific people that are benefiting from all of this, especially when the WWE started to go to $9.99 a month, that allowed a lot of people to open up to New Japan Pro Wrestling, to all these patrons and, and support and pay money to guys like Rex where we can buy their t-shirts, do stuff, follow Fight TV, follow the Rex Files, do all this stuff and be innovated and learn exactly what it means to a headlock and let them learn what it means to sell a move, learn what it means to not consistently communicate in the ring with your mouth, but do it through the moves. And that's the coolest thing that I, I enjoy and I love by watching the Rex Files and, and learning from Rex is that it's, not really the kayfabe is gone. It's still there. It's that everybody understands it's there. We appreciate it and we love it. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, I'm, uh, that means a lot. You say that, man. I appreciate that. And I feel like that's kind of where we moved to. I think you're right with just the availability of wrestling. What I've always wondered was why, like, if you want to learn about acting, you can read everything you want to about acting, but that doesn't mean you can't still enjoy the movie. You can still, you can learn how, like, the, the techniques an actor uses, and you can learn, like, how they put scenes together, and you can watch all the behind-the-scenes stuff, but you can still enjoy the movie. So, like, why can't we do that with wrestling? Why is there this barrier of, we can't talk about how we, you know, how we train and how we put these things together, because we act like that'll ruin wrestling. But it's just helping people who are passionate about it, people who want to understand it, like, understand it deeper, allowing them to see it and understand it deeper, because that's where we should be. In 2018, I feel like, and, okay. and that's what all, and that's what we're all about. Is that we're gonna we promote this this stuff, and, and we're asking people, we're asking people. Okay, if you're going to the show, I don't give a shit. Grab somebody, pay for their ticket, and take them with them. Take, just take them with, just go with, because this is so different now than it was even two years ago. Because the talent is tremendous, the training is universal, the the trust is opening, and the the iron curtain, so to speak, that you're talking about is kind of coming down. Everybody knows that, that k is cool. Like, you can go to shows and you can, you know, it can be some bookers say, okay, you're a face, you're in the locker room, you're a heel, you're in this locker room. And that's how it works. That's just how it works. And I, I understand 100% respect that, but the coolest thing about it is that when you've got people like yourself uh, that are coming up, and I've said this specifically, is I think you're a, a young, young, stone-cold Steve Austin. I see it in your moves. I see it in what you do. I see it in how you present yourself. It's just going to take that time, and, and you've done it, and you, you're, you're, you're a Shiner Box fan, you're a fan, and you've got it right, and that's what's so cool, cool about your generation is that you put the professionalism first and the partying second. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, with just the way things are so different than they are two years ago from uh, when I started training and, uh, you know, with the PWA days of reality wrestling, what we were all waiting on is, like, you got to wait for an opportunity to come up. you got to wait for somebody to give you a call. But now we're in a position where you can do your own thing. Like, the, the Rex Files, you know, there's an opportunity to do this, this tour for Wrestle 1, and then after that, they're like, yeah, you did a good job. We're going to keep it going. So I'm doing the Rex Files uh, twice a week now on Fight TV. But it's an opportunity for me to have my own show on Fight TV and, you know, promote myself in that aspect, do my shows. And, like, there's never been easier access to 
for people to see independent wrestlers and for someone to grow their own brand and become their own uh, business than it is right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question because this has always been the hardest pill for me to swallow is <clears throat> when somebody says an independent wrestler. What yeah. that means to to most people is is that you are an independent contractor that is contracted to do in, in individual promotion and that individual promotion is 100 percent by you trusting and that's what JP was talking about is to have that network where if you if, you, if you're willing to do the work and, and put the work in like you've done I mean Jesus man how hard was it you to figure out how to cut video edit it <laughs> post it and say holy crap that doesn't look like shit I might have done a good job <laughs> exactly yeah trying to learn on the fly it was a that was that was a uh, this learning curve for sure <laughs> You learned quicker than I did how to edit. You learned quicker how to edit videos than I did how to edit the the talking. So I'm still not that good with editing the podcast yet. And yours looked professional. It looked like you had been doing YouTube videos, like doing YouTube vlogs forever. Or, you know, like you fit in right with all the people that have been doing that for a while. So well, I appreciate that, man. You know, uh, still learning, right? Still uh, always improving. That's, that's how it. much work is that for you? How much work is it for you to do put the Rex Files together? I mean, if you if you go through a day right now as an independent wrestler, somebody that doesn't have health insurance, doesn't have any of this stuff out there, you're an independent wrestler. What is your day, and and how does that translate into making professional wrestling a dream that you want to make it into right now? Uh, are you saying like what's like my day to day? Yeah, I mean you've got you've got a you got a you got a schedule time for social media for training. Yeah. Promoting yourself, scheduling shows. I mean, I'm going here this day. Tickets. I mean, it's got to be a lot, right? Yeah, you got it, man. That's a you know, I have a, a little daily planner, and um, I have like goals that, that I set where I, okay, I got to make sure I post social media. I got to promote my upcoming appearance, and I got to promote this you know whatever this video I did, and then at the same time, like I have to like so what I'm going through right now is like okay, well I'm trying to design this shirt, and I'm trying to get someone to model it, and I need to get it printed. At the same time, I'm trying to produce this video, and at the same time, I'm trying to promote like my upcoming appearance that I'm trying to book out soon. So, like, there's a lot of stuff, and it's like a you know the one man show. But uh, I get fired up by it. I I like having too much stuff going on because it just means like, all right, this this is going to pay off, you know, down the line. Like, working now for June means that even like June, maybe I don't have to work. I have to work for December. You know what I'm saying? Like. Just keep building out that way. I just I can't I can't fathom and I, and I, and I don't know how much side story here sidebar we can cut this later but do I interview a lot of metal and hard rock guys dudes and um, Jason Mayhoff or Johnny Poole um, a, a lot of stuff and I cannot put into words or describe the amount of travel and the dedication you guys have to have especially you you've been wanting to do this since you were a kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know that's that's just part of it. I don't know. To me, like I, I always I don't mind being on the highway. I don't mind the the drives because it's an. Op- I mean, you just you get an opportunity to do what you love to do. You know what I mean? Like it's what I want to do since I was nine. So if someone in Dallas or someone four hours away or seven hours away has a a show that I can do and I get to, I get paid to do it and I get to be in front of an audience, like man, that's uh, <laughs> how can I pass that up? No, you've been the only. What's the difference in wrestling? Or training from doing it down for Booker, doing it at Wrestle One, and, and doing <laughs> I it. I heard in, it right there, man. You heard it in his voice. 
<laughs> and doing it in India. Oh, so, uh, you know, in India, I was running the show. So I was, I was, uh, teaching these guys the basics and, um, you know, that, just teaching the very base level stuff, like, uh, simple, simple wrestling. So it wasn't as intense. It was intense with just trying to, to deal with living in India <laughs> and like the, uh, the heat index and all that kind of stuff. That, that was a, that was a battle. But, uh, the difference in here and, uh, Wrestle One primarily is, uh, is what I wanted to bring with my classes that I teach these kids is, is, you know, I have jujitsu experience and I've always been a, a fan of mixed martial arts, but a lot of these kids have never, uh, shoot wrestled or done jujitsu or anything like that. So they weren't exposed to what it means to like actually, uh, you know, grapple with somebody. So this first Tuesday, I, you know, I took everybody in there. I'm like, all right, you're just going to pair off and we're going to fight. We're gonna see what happens. So <laughs> I had these uh, had these guys shoot wrestling for the first time and uh, experiencing what that was. And in wrestle one, you know, it doesn't matter what your size is, you're pairing off with everybody. So it doesn't, it, you know, it's this this all Japan guy who's been around for ten years. He's 250 pounds. He's gonna smash the 140 pound young boy just to show him he's got to put on some size and he's got to get better at wrestling. Uh, so you know, just a, a little bit of different culture and it's just not you don't get babied. In Wrestle One, not to say you get baby here, but you get eased in a little bit more okay. here than you would there. I, let I, me ask you. Let me help you. Let me ask you this. So you, you just this is what I found, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong when I when I say this, Rex. Is what I find now in the states specifically is if you've got somebody that's really green, um, you can put them in a match with someone that has 15 or 20 years experience, and they're willing to. They are willing to adapt. And if there's a missed spot, a miss this or that. They're willing to communicate with that greenhorn and help them progress. Whereas when you're over there in Japan, it is old school, 1980s, the WWF, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going to show you that you don't belong here. And the only way you're going to belong here is if you show me that you belong here. Yeah, um, I can agree with that. Just uh, not say maybe you don't belong here, but like if, if you don't fire up, if you don't hit me, then I'm not selling for you. Like I'm not working with you unless you like give me a reason to work with you. And uh, like you said, here, yeah, maybe people give too much. They're like, all right, yeah, it's okay, we'll uh, we'll cover this up, or ah, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be that intense. And uh, yeah, I think think uh, people get put on shows before they're ready here, and you really have to work for it there. There's kids here in in Massachusetts that wrestle, and they're they're good wrestlers. I'll say good. Yeah. But I can like I grew up in the city. I grew up in Boston. Southie. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But like I've been in—I've never pro wrestled, but I've been in fist fights, and I can watch yeah. these kids wrestle. And I'll—I'll I'll talk to them after the shows. Oh, dude, you've never been in a fist fight in your life. What are you doing in the ring? Go to a bar, get in a fight, and then figure it out. You can tell by the way, you know, the way someone sells something as simple as a punch. Like they—they've never really been punched. And it yeah. drives me nuts. So I think you going in there and just doing shoot wrestling with them, I think that's a great idea. And I think every that's something everyone should adapt because it'll just make everything more believable. Absolutely, yeah. I think, um, and you know, that's you know what I told them at the end of the day. I was like, hey, you know, you guys have been in pro wrestling school. Don't you think you should have some grasp of wrestling? You know, uh, you should you should be able to handle yourself because I mean, you know. You know, worst case scenario, someone tries to test you, and uh, you may be able to to handle yourself. 
there were mixed martial artists, MMA guys, Rampage Jackson, uh, Rashad, Rashad Evans. They both took um, pro wrestling classes to learn how to cut promos. Why am why won't pro wrestlers learn MMA for the same reasons? To learn how to really do the Absolutely. moves. You know, that's... In order to sell it right, you've got to actually feel it. Yeah, it's the most that drives me crazy in wrestling is that, for some reason, if you're an MMA fighter, you're constantly training throughout your entire career. But for some reason, pro wrestlers, a lot of times, you know, they, they get a couple years in and they feel like they don't have to train anymore. And I don't understand that at all. It drives me nuts, too. As a fan, it drives Here's, me nuts. Let me ask you this, Rex, and this is <clears throat> kind of going back a little bit, is, is you were talking about independent wrestling and, and everything. What is, right now, what is your what is your ultimate goal? I know you, you're the type of guy that has short-term goals. You're the type of guy that has long-term goals. You're the type of guy that, I mean, mom is everything to you, and I, we know that. The biggest thing that, that I want to know is, is, for me, what is Rex Andrews' ultimate goal? Ah, man, ultimate goal is... Uh, you know, I'm pretty flexible at the end of the day. But to make a career, like a long, substantial career, and, uh, and to, you know, yeah, that's, that's the ultimate goal. I, I feel like with the way that the independents are right now, it's, uh, you don't need that, that elusive contract as much as you used to. You know, guys are doing really well. And, uh, I think that is, that's the ideal goal. Cause then you still have your freedom. You can still kind of, you know, do what you want to do. That that's where I would like to see myself the most is just staying on the independence but making a good career doing this. And you, so you're talking, and just just so I clarify, when people listen to this, you're talking more about a Chris Jericho type aspect to to what you want to accomplish. Is that right? I mean, yeah, you can't set a higher goal than that, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no. When I when I look at guys like uh, you said, you mentioned Matt Riddle earlier, or like a Joey Ryan. Uh, the Young Bucks and like, you know, Chris Jericho, like guys who have that ultimate freedom to, to just be their, these personalities and make a living doing pro wrestling and, you know, things associated with that, I think, uh, is amazing. It's so much. What do you think, what do you think is, a, what do you think, just, just in your experience, cause you've been, I mean, this is a, a dream since you've been nine and, and for old, old dudes like JP and I, it, this was not a possibility when you were growing up. It was, this was not a possibility. If you were a professional wrestler, you were, you were Xerxes, you were Shukrides, you were a guy that was unstoppable and just, it, it, it came out of nowhere. Now, right, if somebody's interested in this, you can get up to the local dojo, you can, you can learn, you can be taught from professionals such as yourself. How cool is that for you to be able to not only be as young as you are, but be able to pass on that legacy like Booker T's passing on to you? Yeah, you know, uh, that's, it's very cool to be able to, to it, it's, it's a weird transition to go from, you know, just being the guy who was just trying to... I mean, I, dude, I attended every seminar that was out there. I tried to learn from everybody that I could. And, uh, you know, just just try to be a sponge for as much wrestling as possible. And then when someone comes along and asks me for advice, that's a it's a weird transition. It's a weird feeling. But, uh, it's it, man, it's amazing to be able to think that. Like, the people who helped me out to be able to, to play that role for somebody else is, uh, yeah, it's an honor. You've, I mean, you've done... Because you're... One of the trainers at Booker School now, and Booker, so we we talk all the time, like there's a million different wrestling schools across the country right now, but there's yeah. three or four legitimate schools where you're going to go and you're going to learn everything, and you're going to get the exposure you need out of the school, and... 
Booker T's is absolutely one of them. And I don't know what the school's like now. I know back at WrestleMania 25, I know what it was like. And I had seen all the schools here, including the best schools here. And it was nothing like that. Like, he had a full gym set up back there. Two rings and a full gym set up. And no other wrestling school I've ever seen had the gym set up, the weight set up. And that's such a big part of it. It's awesome that you guys have that. And you get the world-class training. You get all the exposure you need. That You can do whatever you want with the exposure you get. If you want to use it. And you can go out there and you can get those spots on Raw and get the, you know, get seen by those guys. Awesome. If that's not what you want to do, you don't have to do it. But you have that opportunity. And people who don't take it and they go to Joe Schmo's wrestling school when Joe Schmo hasn't done anything outside of your area. I'm not taking anything away from that. Sometimes those are the best places to get the basics. But you got to ask your trainer where he's been. You don't have to ask Booker yeah. T where he's been. And for Booker T to co-sign for you like that, that's humongous. Yeah, you know, that's um, it's a pretty surreal thing for me. You know, he, he hasn't put his stamp on a lot of people like that and uh, been so public about his support. And, uh, you know, for him to 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 be as uh, supportive as he has been for me and to give me the opportunities he has and, you know, kind of put the light on me is... Uh, and, you know, it's not it's not something I expected, especially because I, I was the guy who trained at that local Joe Schmo school in Alabama and realized, like, hey, this isn't it. This isn't what I want to do. And, uh, you know, moved out to Booker's and, you know, tried to get that world-class training. And for him to uh, believe in my abilities enough to put me on the public stage and say, like, this is my guy, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's a big sign of respect, and I, I appreciate it from him. Now, what would you ask, so someone wants to get into wrestling, somebody wants to learn how to wrestle and thinks they want to do it, what's your advice to them? You know, um, I would say, like, with the way that independent wrestling is, I feel like there's, there's a lot of different levels, and I compare it to baseball. You know, there's guys who, uh, in independent wrestling, you know, there's guys who are, like, they're playing AAA ball, and they're trying to make it to the majors, they're, they're pretty good, and they're trying to to get there, but there's also guys playing rec league softball. So I would just say be realistic with your expectations and uh, know what you're getting into. Go shop around a school. If you're really serious about it, then you're probably going to have to move unless you're in a major market and you're lucky enough to have a good school near you. Uh, so if it, if you want to make a career out of it, then you got to get to a, like the, one of those top level schools and uh, really make a go for it because you're not going to, you know, you got to set yourself up for success in such an oversaturated market. Now, how many schools are there in your area, other than Booker T's? Is there other schools? Yeah, they're popping up all the time. You know, uh, I think just in the Houston area, there's uh, four or five quote-unquote schools. Why would you do it? And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's just that's the way it is. I think everybody, you know, someone's been around 15 years, and they're like, oh, I'm going to buy a ring, and I'm going to set up a school. But, and... Uh, Here's what it is, JP. Here's what it is, JP. It's just like anything else. It is as soon as somebody thinks they have a little bit of experience, think they ha- thinks they have a little bit of knowledge, they they go out there and do it. It's like there's Rex has taken his time out of his day to be on, on part of our podcast. There's got to be at least five thousand other podcasts out there that do the same stuff that yeah. we do. The but only difference is, is that we understand the humility, the respect, right. 
the trust and the circle that it takes to get more Rex has got. That's the that's the biggest difference. We're not we're not just Marks. We've we've you live it, I live it, we yeah. love it. It's something that we've oh. grown up with. I mean, we grew. I grew up watching AWO with my great grandfather on his lap on Saturday nights watching black and white TV. Man, that that's what it, that's where it stems from. <laughs> and we get a, we get a chance with somebody like Rex to come on here and and, and talk about how kayfabe is still there. Yeah, but it's oh. it's, it's not. So, it's it's a line. It's a line that we. It's a gray line that we love. It's not black and white. And he's not here being the the. the the tactician that he is, he is he is here being Rex Andrews, which is the coolest thing for these kids now, is that they can be themselves, they can also be the character in the ring. Everybody understands and knows the difference, and, and the sky is the limit for these kids, man. And that's what's so cool about having Rex on here is that he's humble, he's dedicated, he loves his mom, and that's what we're here for, man. <laughs> but his, in Texas, though, like Texas is a huge state, and I get that, but in Texas, yeah. You got you guys in Houston. You got reality of wrestling in Houston to learn from. And then, what's it down in Austin where you got Rudy, Rude Boy? With the TWA? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you got two of the, literally two of the top schools in the country. Why Why would anyone else open? I would not, it would be a piss poor business plan to open up a wrestling school unless you're like, unless you're Hulk Hogan. You, there's no reason you would get any business in Texas yeah, because you, know, uh, you guys, uh, anyone just, who doesn't go to make, YouTube should making, be ashamed of themselves. We're just making we're just making statements and Rex is sitting there going, "Yep." Right. <laughs> I agree with you guys. I don't, uh, you know, make good points. It's it's just nuts to me that there would be other wrestling schools in Texas because those like those two. If you're up in the Houston area, if you're not going to reality of wrestling. Who's training you? Because the trainer who taught him is probably Booker T. And they're still in business. So why wouldn't you just go there? It, it yeah. kills me, the uh, amount of wrestling schools. Like up here, we have New England Pro Wrestling Academy, which is another one of the ones I'd say is the one of the tops in the country. But then there's other schools where they might be good for learning the basics, for a shorter, shorter, you know, or even like a monthly basis. But if you want to go past... Working in Elks Lodge, you got to go past that in training. Yeah, and that's what I was saying about you know different levels of uh, aspirations. Like if, if you want to, if you just want to have this as a hobby and you just want to do it on the weekends and you want to train for a couple months and get on a show, Booker's is not the place for you. But like, you got to be dedicated. You got to work hard and uh, you know really try to make a go as a career for this if you want to uh, be a part of uh, reality wrestling. And that's that's the difference. Did we talk about did we talk about his day or did we go off on a tangent yet? Did we talk about what your day is from fucking the time you get up till you leave? I mean, yeah, I know you talked about um social media and stuff like that, but I mean regular jobs, training, what time you're getting up. I mean, if somebody really wants to get in this wreck, I mean, cuz you are you are heart and soul. You are what it takes to get into this business, what it takes to to do what you do. I mean, you're willing to to travel to Japan, a country you've never been in, probably speak out of shit. Plus, you want to go ahead and, and also do videos, cut it, put it together, do a Rex files. But also, I mean, it's how you are taking this. And, and, and to me, it's just it's to the point where it's like this guy is over the top, and that's what it takes. Is that what, what it takes for, for kids these days? I mean, and when you ever get into this business, you can't, you, ought to, you either got to be all in or nothing. Absolutely. I think that is what it takes. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I, before the Rex files, I was, uh, I, you know, 
kind of busy on social media, but once this thing started, I was like, okay, this is a daily thing. I better start. I better get going. I better be daily busy, you know, showing people what I'm doing. Because, uh, I don't know, there's, it's just kind of catch where you feel like, it doesn't matter. Like, who really cares? Why, why, why am I posting this? And then I realized, like, it's just, man, you got to be all in. you got to be over the top if you're going to stand out. Uh, you got to be doing what nobody else is doing. So, um, you know, just just embracing that hustle and just uh, letting people in on what I'm doing has been, I feel like, the biggest difference in, in why I'm picking up the steam I am. So I think it is what's necessary. I think, you know, going over the top and doing as much as possible is what it takes to uh, to stand out in this market. Now, have you gotten, have you had, con- um, since you've gotten back in Japan, have other bookers, have other companies gotten in touch with you about bringing you on to shows? Has that, has that come about yet? Yeah, uh, you know, 2017 I was booked almost every weekend. And, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm booked pretty solid through, uh, through you know, a good portion of the year. And uh, things are just kind of, steady picking up that's you know part of the uh the hustle is i'm, I'm reaching out but uh i'm reaching out with a pretty solid resume at this time so yeah. things have been going pretty good as far as bookings go if you make it up you make it anywhere in the east coast you let me know and we'll get you up here too so absolutely man I'm, i'll take you up on that i gotta get up that way boston's a it's a hot market it's a it's a fun market too so i think you'd fit right in your style. Yeah, there's a lot of talented guys out there, man. Oh, yeah, and I think that's everywhere in the everywhere in the world. It just depends on you know, like we just talked about with the schools. It depends on the training that you get and on how far you go. You know, except Montana. Someone, <laughs> except Montana, right? Montana. We gotta we gotta run a show up there, Josh. I'm telling you guys right now, it is uh, it's such a the pro wrestling market in Montana is untapped and untouched. If somebody could come in here and just buy the Salvation Army and, and run a school out of here, they would. It would be amazing, but I digress, right? <laughs> I think when uh, when we ran those shows up there, it was uh, big time wrestling. It came in. They, I think they contract out two shows a year out there. Yes, and there's one guy who owns a ring in Montana, so like it just they, they have to get this one guy to bring out the ring. And there's no there's no talent up there. There's no no school, nothing. It's a uh, it's crazy. I've never seen a whole state have no wrestling before. It is the it, here's the thing. There is a ton of talent up here. There is just no instructors and no schools. Ah. Well, we you brought up Wrestle Circus last time we talked. No. And there's a kid from who uh, did Rex did Rex did yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I probably brought it up all day. How so, hot Texas wrestling is all day, a, dude. Wrestle Circus is the shit right now. So Josh it's just found bad. Flip Gordon. Okay. And flip from flip trained here in Boston. He, I know he's gone down for Wrestle Circus a couple times, but flip's actually from Montana. So he finally found a, a wrestler from Montana. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, Dick. He had to get out of Montana to make it happen. <laughs> there's, there's literally no schools, and it, it's nuts because the rest of the country is alphabet. I call it alphabet soup because there's a million different companies on. I'm, I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm just, you, you fucking you air this, and I'll pick your ass, JP. <laughs> when WCW and WWE were going head to head, WCW actually would go um, Missoula, where you were at, Rex. Missoula, yep. Butte, Bozeman, Billings. So it hit four times up here. They would hit four times in Montana when the, the Monday Wars were going on. And at that point in time, we were doing this shit. So I met here in Butte, and at that point, Tank Abbott was here. 
uh, Goldberg was in Butte, Montana, as was Kevin Nash. So we took those boys out and partied like it was 1999. And that's the type of stuff that you're talking about. It's such a transition between where you're at right now and professional wrestling as opposed to what it was then. Because at that point in time, it was, it was a brotherhood and it was crazy. And now it is also brotherhood, but it's, it's a network. It is a huge yeah. network of people. Yeah, uh, those Wild West days. They're, uh, hearing those stories from those guys like, you know, Stevie Ray and uh, Bruce Burchard and those guys. I want to get, I, I want to ask some questions to you and I know we're, we're running a little long, but I, I want to, I just want to ask a few questions from you and where you're at and the people that you've met. Where do you feel, um, you are as far as, and, I, and I'm bringing this up because, I mean, watching Wrestle Circus, watching Tessa Blanchard and Brian Cage, that match, fucking insane where are you at with intergender matches and women's wrestling and the revolution that's going on right now which is insane all right so uh i'm a big fan of women's wrestling i, I think uh, yeah you know like you said like when we talked about how things have shifted so much in a couple of years it's insane I, I i know that there was a lot of women's talent out there but you just didn't see it and now there's so many, you know, good female workers out there and they're putting on amazing matches. Um, it, it, you know, it's just great. It's great to see. It's just wrestling across the board. And I like being on cards and it not being, the, the women's match not being the novelty anymore. You know, it used to be, like, the announcer would be like, all right, you guys ready for the ladies' match? You know, everybody, like, gives the hoops and hollers. And now it's just, you know, just another match on the card. And, uh, you know, there'll be two or three or whatever it is. So a lot of respect for all the female wrestlers out there doing great stuff. I'm personally you, not a big fan of the intergender wrestling, um, just from the sense of the believability. And I know in pro wrestling that gets tricky and it gets weird. But uh, yeah, it's just I I don't I don't get it myself. No, so you consider yourself more you, you consider yourself more of a purist as far as. Men and men and women in the ring. I mean, that's that's I, dude. That's how I am. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's hard, and it's it's hard to put over, and it's hard to sell. So when you can actually do it, and you can put somebody like a Brian Cage and a Tessa Blanchard together, and it can get pulled off, that's amazing. And that's that's a big reason I wanted to ask because, dude, you're eating, sleeping, and breathing this on a daily basis, and I, I you're feeling it, and I want to see what it's like on your guys' level because if it's if, if people are touting this as the next big thing. I can understand it and I can see it, but at the same time, it's difficult. Yeah, no, there's people out there doing it right, for sure. I mean, like you said, like that, that Tess Blanchard, Brian Cage match, they did a great job of um, not making it hard for the audience to meet them halfway. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, they, they didn't make it totally unbelievable that Tess was in the fight. Absolutely. I'm going to sell it to you, but you don't have to buy it. You can buy it if you want to, but I'm going to fucking sell it to you. Absolutely, yeah. They're like, we're going to bust our ass and make this the best match we can. And, you know, I can totally appreciate that. Um, and, you know, if, if that's it, that seems to be where the market's going and that there's a lot of demand for intergender matches. Um, and, you know, like I said, I can appreciate it. And, like, Joey Ryan does a great job with it, obviously. With tags, he would do with uh, Candice LeRae. Yeah. She did a great job. Everybody, you know, the whole team. So, you know, it, it's uh, it's just a different – it's just, uh, just a, a thing – in the time and independent wrestling we're at. 
Yeah, James Ells James Ellsworth right now is actually traveling with an agenda belt that he made up. The thing with yeah, Ellsworth no. is you believe Ellsworth could get his ass kicked by a girl. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know, good for that guy. Of like I, I, being in the market and like, okay, there's a there's a spot for this. Yeah. I don't believe Brian Cage can get his ass kicked by a girl. Yeah. But I mean it it it's whatever. It's I, I'm with you on it, Rex, where I'm not a fan of it, mainly because if I saw a guy hitting a girl outside of a wrestling ring, I would probably step in. Yes. It, yeah. It's something that set, it triggers me. You know what I mean? It sets me off. But I understand it being in the wrestling ring, it is what it is. And take it for that. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of like my my personal thing. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's too old school or it's just like part of my upbringing or whatever but uh i just like even in training i'm not going to forearm a girl in the face and you know whatever that is i just i just don't feel right about it um so you know it's just it's just a yeah it's just where we're at right now yeah and that's and that's a cool and the reason i asked that question is because independent wrestling always brings that stuff to the major stages <clears throat> and when i talk about major stages is it's not it, 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 it's a it's a wwe thing it really is. It's an independent thing to, to bring tickets, and, and when it can be done right, like it was with Russell Circus, is fucking amazing. But it can also go extremely, extremely wrong, and it can be a very, very bad situation for a lot of people. So that, that's the reason I asked the question, is because I, you, you're you're touching this shit on a daily basis, and you, you're in the trenches, and you're feeling this stuff on a daily basis. And that's why we do what we do, is so we can make sure that we know what the pulse is, and when they're such a purist like you, it's just nice to have that satisfaction that, that that it's the answer that we're looking for is what we're getting. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sure if you pull 100 different people, you're going to get a lot of different answers, especially yeah. about something like that. It's all about the money, man. It's all about the greenbacks. You know, That's it's like, it. Yeah, where, where are the bookings coming from? In wrestling, is it's wrestling's ice cream. It's There's a flavor for everybody, so. Absolutely. Rex, here's, I got a list of questions here that I ask everybody, so I'm going to kind of go through these things, and then I think we're going to try and wrap wrap up. But uh, these are kind of things that that we do that are important to us, and it's important that we that we stay grounded in who we are because we're we're old fucking wrestling guys, man. We really are, and we try to keep it grounded. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, who have been the three most influential people in your life outside? Up and ring. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, so um, outside of the ring, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to have to say Booker. Uh, just professionally, as a businessman, and how to handle yourself as a professional. Booker's been a great mentor. Um, my dad is, you know, another one who's just, uh, he was always supportive of. Um, you know, the hustle and me trying to, trying to do my thing. And, uh, yeah, probably, you know, I have to go with my mom. She, just my parents are, have been very supportive and very understanding in me pursuing this weird passion. <laughs> how hard was it? How hard was it you tell mom and dad, mom and dad, I'm going to pursue this dream and I'm going to be a professional wrestler? It wasn't hard for me. It was probably hard for them though. But <laughs> for me, it was just like, oh, this is what I'm doing. I think I told my dad when I was nine and, it, you know, he just kind of, Shrugged me off like you would any nine-year-old. And then uh, as the time went on, they realized I wasn't joking. And uh, as 
other opportunities came up, and I said no because I was going to pursue pro wrestling. And they just kind of, you know, nodded their heads okay. And uh, when I started out and I was, you know, wrestling in flea markets and old train stations and stuff like that, I'm sure they weren't happy. Nobody wants their 16-year-old doing that. But uh, when I got out here with Booker and they started, you know, seeing me on flyers and uh, seeing my progress and seeing that I was really going after it, they uh, they were totally accepting Here Here's what I want to tell mom and dad while we're here is that, dude, we are super proud of you and we are so honored to be behind you. Hey, no, I, I really appreciate it, man. Any, any support is, uh, is amazing. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much, guys. You guys did a great job. You guys are good podcast hosts. You know, you guys know what you're doing. We're fucking, so we don't know what we're doing yet, dude. <laughs> Do what? We don't know what we're doing yet. We're trying to figure that out. That's what we're all learning as we go, right? <laughs> that's it, man. You know what I mean? Like, you guys, dude, I've done a lot of, uh, done a lot of podcasts and a lot of these interviews. You guys, you guys are solid, man. You guys are good. Appreciate and, uh, so it's amazing to have you guys. You're just a part of the, the, you know, the wrestling business right now. And that's the thing, yeah. dude, is you're going to find out. If, if you need pub, if you needed to push anything within a text, if you text either one of us, within five minutes, we're going to have shit up for you. Yeah. Man, I appreciate that. I will yeah. take you guys up on that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And that's, and that's the thing is that we've, the, the biggest thing, Rex, is why we took a break is it was personal. We knew we were years ahead of where we needed to be at that point in time. Yeah, and we, we decided that it was it was a chance to wait for the industry to catch up with us, and it has. And that's yeah. the coolest thing for us is that it's finally caught up with us, and there's so many opportunities for so many people to experience professional wrestling for even $5 a month for Patron to people to fucking say, hey, you know what, if you pay me $2 a month, I'll fucking mention you on Twitter or whatever the hell these people are doing, right? That's the coolest thing. And we want to help you guys make as much money as you can. Yeah. Finn Balor, Natty Neidhart, Matt Seidel. I mean, you can run through the litany of lists. And and when I say I'm honored and proud to have you, dude, I, I really am. I, I, I'm I'm glad, and you are my stone cold junior, and I'm going to say that to the fucking <laughs> end of the world. <laughs> All right. Appreciate that, guys. No, you, yeah. you, you are great at your app, man, and it is that. It is an app, so. Wait, man, you, keep fucking, you, keep, you keep fucking busting your ass, and we'll keep busting our ass for you. That sounds good, man. We'll keep it going. When you, when <laughs> you, together. When you get that deal and you make it big, we're going to be like, we knew him. We knew him. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have this audio to go back to, right? That's it. So, cool, man. I don't, I don't have any more questions, yeah. man. I appreciate it. If anybody that you know wants to kind of experience the same thing, um, just let them know. We're here to help you guys out. We're not here to fucking, you know, we're, we're going to be marked 100% of the time, all the time, because I couldn't do what you guys do, and I admire it, and I love it, and I miss it. But we're just here to help you guys make as much money as you possibly can, live out your dream, and do what you can do. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, well, you know, I hope we can talk soon. And, uh, yeah, you know, I appreciate you guys having me on, ultimately. Yeah, no problem. Always. You, you, dude, it's, it's, uh, if you want to do a monthly thing, you, you are always welcome here. You're, you're a class act, and the fact that Booker T is, is behind you 100% at just default. We are default behind Booker T at that point in time. I, uh, there we go. I need you to thank Booker for me, by the way. <laughs> okay. I, he are, I think he knows what this is about. The shit with Corey <laughs> Graves. The stuff with Corey Graves oh. was fucking amazing. Yeah. I had said it. I said on the air. I said I think there's going to be a match at WrestleMania between the two. 
and I, I just had a like neither those two guys are both too professional to go off on their own tangent like that. But the publicity they showed kayfabe works. Absolutely, yeah. you know what? It, it's they didn't yeah. tell anyone. They didn't have permission. They just did it, and they got in what Sports Illustrated, Forbes, and a couple other real magazines. So yeah, please thank him. Like Booker's been trying to get off the. But you look at what that did. It, it, it was Absolutely, incredible. Yeah. And when he got Corey, all I want to do, all I want to do, all I want to see Booker two do, all I want to see him do is a fucking spinner Rudy and then drop the mic in front of fucking Corey Graves and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> but when he got Corey Graves on the radio show and they they were just laughing about it, that was great. I just wish yeah. I had wish it gone on a little bit longer and they actually did something. Forced they could have forced WWE to do something. Yeah, or at least address it or something, right? But right. Push it that far. So, can you just please give him, just let him know I was entertained by that? I'll let him know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> was, I thought it was awesome. That was the best thing that Thank happened you, so far. Thank you, Again, we want to take time to thank Rex Andrews for taking time out of his busy schedule. We'll be back here next week with a special guest. We're not going to let anybody know what it is or who it is. So look forward to tuning in next week with a special guest. I guarantee you guys are going to mark out.